Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. My name is Danielle Vogel, and you're listening to Everyday Enviro on Full Service Radio, a show about the little things you can do to minimize your personal carbon footprint. This show is all about empowering you to take control of the pace of environmental progress you're making, just by being a little bit more mindful about the way you eat, drink, shop, and think. This isn't hard stuff, but we'll show you just how easy it can be when you know exactly which small things really do matter. If fighting climate change is something that's important to you, or possibly just something you're curious to learn more about, please consider subscribing to Everyday Enviro wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm joined by my brilliant and amazing cousin, Justin Rosengarten. Justin is our director of service at Glens Garden Market, and before that, he opened a bagel bakery in Woodstock, New York, and before that... He worked for a hero of mine, restaurateur Danny Meyer. Justin was the head baker at the Union Square Restaurant Group, leading up to the reopening of Union Square Cafe. Justin, welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. I'm so (laughs) thrilled to have you here. So over the course of the last two seasons of Everyday Enviro, we've covered a lot of different ways folks can tweak tweak their behavior to minimize their personal carbon footprint. We've discussed everything from composting to commuting, from sustainable produce to sustainable fashion and everything in between. But changing habits is hard, and it's certainly not always easy to align our intentions with our actions. That's the root of what we'll be discussing today. The stuff we've discussed all sounds great, but today's show is all about actually activating on your best intentions. Justin, you're one of the most intentional people I've ever known, and I'm hoping you can share a bit about how you've converted your beliefs into behaviors. So let's start with the meta question, and then we'll work through the specifics. Justin, when you've reached a decision in your life, be it becoming a vegan or embracing meditation, what's your personal process for changing a long-held habit? Um, Believing in it, for one. Nothing's ever going to get traction in my life if I don't really feel that um, this is a change that I believe in and that I want to be moving my life in that particular direction. Um, so that's really the first thing is being able to identify that within myself. Sure. Start with conviction. Yeah. Um, and then the, the second thing would be to, um, start the, the long process of, um, of, um, immersion Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, um, and to basically pick my first experiment. Um, I don't, really know when I figured this out. Um, But for me, um, I realized that if I'm going to tackle something that I want to be changed within myself, um, I need to start finding something that works for me. Um, Usually I don't have any really good ideas, maybe an inkling, um, but I will start the process of um, searching for the first task to put that idea into action to start playing with it and um and you know seeing seeing how how i respond um in real time so it sounds like you're sort of building a habit by accumulating behaviors that 
sort of achieve the habit over time. Exactly. Um, and, you know, my ideas come from all kinds of places, um, books, podcasts, um, conversations with friends, um, anecdotes from my own life, maybe, um, or, you know, reevaluating um, certain areas of my life that, you know, maybe have a nugget of truth in them in it already and I just need to go back and reassess it um, to maybe pick up where I left off. Hmm. So when you backslide in a new habit of such a horrible thing should ever <laughs> happen, how do you get yourself back on track? Um, it can be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, but, you know, fortunately I've been blessed with the optimism gene um, and so if something isn't working and I'm not able to get back on the horse, so to speak, um, it's probably because it's actually not working for me and mm -hmm. I need to find a different approach to it. Um, but otherwise I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm pretty driven. So, um, you know, to, to feel a specific way, like the, I have this, this ideal version of myself on a dusty pedestal somewhere in my mind and I'm <laughs> constantly striving to, um, to meet it and look at it, um, and feel it and, um, and so I'm, it's sort of an obsession with that um, that gets me, um, that keeps me going if I happen to fall back um, into a bad habit. Forgiveness, man. Self-forgiveness. Heard. So it sounds like it's sort of a three-part process. We start with a conviction, a deeply held belief. Then we layer new habit on top of habit so that we, we're actually changing our behavior over time. And then finally, self-awareness overall. If the new habit isn't working for you, we either tweak it or abandon it because it probably wasn't right in the first place. Totally. Sounds like a process I can get behind. All right. So <laughs> speaking of that, I need some actual advice on specific okay. behavioral changes. I got you. Um, so I've declared myself a climate committed vegetarian more than one time, um, <laughs> but I can't get it to stick for one reason or another. Can you give us some tips from your own experience of becoming a vegan that you can share with those of us looking to skip meat for climate reasons or otherwise? Yeah, um, for sure. Um, I, I would like to just um, sort of back into this and backtrack a little bit because I had tried veganism for about like six or eight, six or seven months up until today. Um, and have I that was that was another experiment. Right. So are we I, speaking in the past tense? We are. Oh, so ice cream after this. <laughs> Um, so I decided I wanted to be a, be a vegan for all, a whole host of reasons and I committed to it and went cold turkey, which is, <laughs> isn't <laughs> helpful. <laughs> um, cold radish. Yeah, I, I did it right away cause I was kind of close anyway, close to uh, vegan, full vegan anyway. So it wasn't that much of a stretch. Um, but you know, I, that was an experiment. Um, and I learned a lot about what it was that I was really, um, you know, looking, looking for as far as my diet goes through that process. Um, and I tried other diets previous to that. So, um, yeah. What was your question, Danielle? Like um, ways so, in which, yeah, I mean, any, so what we're trying to do is teach people how to build a new habit yeah, and change their behavior. And one of the subjects that we focus on a lot in everyday enviro is, um, the environmental costs of meat consumption. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I have tried many times to just get it out of my diet. And of course I come up with all of these different 
excuses for why I have to eat it right, because right. it's part of my job or you know if I'm offered it I don't want to be in uh, like turned down hospitality or something like that so I'm trying to get a sense like you know whether it's full-bore veganism or vegetarianism right. when you gave up meat what I just want some some tricks or tips about your change-making process that listeners might use in order to inspire their own behavioral change okay um well try to have fun on it fun with it um yeah, I, you you will never persist if you um, if it's a, a labor and not necessarily a labor of love yeah. or something you can really get into. That's a good point. Um, and you know, like I said, back to the immersion thing, like constantly, I would say for me, what I do is I am always looking to hear the same message um, or different points of view, but in different ways mm-hmm. um, from different perspectives. Um, that is something that, that keeps me going and keeps me excited about changing this habit because I don't feel like I'm alone and there are constantly new ideas I can play with. Um, so I would say essential, essentially you want to keep it, keep the experiment fresh and exciting for yourself. Um, um, so that's one way. Um, so do you have specific resources you could recommend for somebody that might be becoming a vegetarian or a vegan? Your local, um, your local supermarket. Oh, your local farmers market. Heck yeah! Um, Go find vegetables. You know, you're if, about. if you're somebody that's passionate about a diet, I would say that translates pretty well into becoming, you know, into a, being passionate about food and and starting to learn about where your food is coming from and what you believe, uh, what your beliefs are about food. Um, I think you know, it's like in searching for a diet that works for me, I I had to come up. You know, I, I was really searching for my own like constitution when it comes to uh, food and, and a healthy diet and what that means for me. And, and that would also be a little bit of the advice I would give is, you know, find something that you're satisfied with that meets your needs um, and ultimately take that, whatever it is, if you're eating meat, if you're, um, if, uh, if you're not eat, eating meat, if you're on a paleo diet or whatever, just, you know, embrace that if it's working for you and, you know, simplify it. Um, I tend to think that all diets are fine if it's working for you, like no judgments there. Um, I don't have a hard line view on it. Um, but I will say that, um, it's critical that whatever diet you've chosen, that it is simplified to the maximum and by by simplification i mean evaluating the food that you're eating um and its backstory um and your relationship to it emotionally um you know complex a a simple meal may may look simple in the sense that like you may have a chicken breast and some white rice and some broccoli on a plate and like oh that's really simple but if the if the meat is has a history coming from, um, you know, an industrial agriculture and like a very complicated system. And it was very difficult to manufacture and get to you. And like the whole process surrounding that one simple piece of chicken breast or whatever is, is complicated. Like that's Mm. a red flag for me. Mm. Like that, I guess that is where I, I have a hard opinion about diet. Um, in sourcing integrity, sourcing integrity. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know if, so Those you, are helpful, but um, I, yeah, my advice is just to keep questioning like the roots of the actual foods you're eating. Love uh, it. Yeah. Um, so you used a word that I want to explore a little bit. That word was satisfaction. So 
Justin, I know you are, uh, and it's obvious to our listeners, you are super tuned in to your own wellness, which is such an inspiration to me. And I was just wondering that as you were adjusting to vegetarian and then veganism and now not veganism anymore, and I can't wait to hear more about that. Yeah. Um, how did you ensure that you felt full and that you still had all of the energy you needed to do everything you wanted to do? Um, I ate, a, I ate what I needed when I needed, like, I think if you're making a change, you can't, you have to be really kind to yourself. And if you're changing your diet, you may have to, um, let yourself overeat a little bit if that's where your, your anxiety is. Um, or, you know, make up for the quote pain that you might, or the fear of changing your diet by giving yourself a little bit of comfort, like buffer there. So, um, yeah, if you're making the change and you're unsure and nervous, like you can, you know, consume more calories and then reevaluate how that went. Um, you know, eat a popsicle, <laughs> do um, something. That's a, that is a really sage nugget that you just shared, that notion of being extra kind to yourself as yeah. you're navigating a change. It's, yeah. That's something that we can translate across really any behavioral change we're encouraging folks to make. So another topic that we've covered on Everyday Enviro is commuting um, with either biking or walking to work coming out as the clear favorite from a climate perspective. <laughs> yeah. So you bike to work. All the time. How did you first get into bike commuting and how long did it take you to build the habit? Um, I first got into bike commuting when, when I moved to New York City. I think that was it. Um, let me think. No, uh, well, yeah. So a couple of years. Uh, yeah, ago. that that was when I started a real like commute to a job and back. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, it was out of necessity. I mean, I the subway system in New York City is really hideous. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, it's interesting as all hell, but you know, it's just not. I don't like to be part of a system that's not. Enti- I don't have total control over, mm-hmm. and I, I like to be on to get to work on time yeah for sure (laughs) so that played into it um but mostly it was just out of um it seemed like the this option that made the most sense and how do you motivate when it's raining or freezing cold i mean obviously you've got to get to work but like how do you not call an uber on those days yeah that's a good question well i've i've learned to like that um those environments because i have this i i believe that we are um we live in a, a chronic in a climate controlled universe Mm -hmm. um and that's not exactly the healthiest thing for us so i I like i get into the mindset of that exposure is is good um you know it keeps it keeps your skin thick okay i don't know (laughs) if that's gonna translate i'm not a masochist um because it sounds like it a little bit uh, no Sounds like a marathoner, an ultra marathoner's perspective on the world, honestly. Um, so if you're not uh, a person that likes to be drenched on your way to work or freezing cold, um, do you have any tips for somebody who might be considering bike commuting but may have reservations about safety? Hmm. Well, you know, they're the basics. Get um, a helmet, yeah. for crying out loud. Um, learn, bike, learn. bike the same way the traffic's going. Yeah, all that. Um, yeah, learn your... Um, learn, learn the where all of the bike lanes are in your city, like really start to think about urban planning and the, and the, and what is, you know, safe routes of passage that have been um, already thought out for you. Um, and, you know, be very cautious. Don't listen to headphones right away. Um, as he says, totally hypocritically. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're an old pro at this now. It's okay. Um, but I don't know. I again, like I, um, I would say start with the basics. And if you're if you're nervous about it, just try and get as much information as possible about the best way to go from A to B. Um, but yeah, I, I have also because I've been commuting so long, I kind of think that the risk is risk is risk is risk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the chances. You know, as long as you're not doing anything stupid like i would i would definitely tell everybody to mind traffic laws too um don't go just like careening through intersections yeah i mean you're really opening yourself up you're exposing yourself uh in those situations in a way that's genuinely um dangerous dangerous for everybody so you know think yeah you're the pretend you know if what do they say about motorcycle riders that you know you have to you have to go about it thinking like you're the nobody sees you Mm -hmm. right yeah and let's bring it back to something you said earlier, which is if you are starting a new habit, just be err on the side of kindness to yourself through the transition. If you're nervous because it's raining out, maybe don't bike to work that day. Yeah, totally. You don't have to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So yeah. we're talking with Justin Rosengarten about how he went about making some behavioral changes that minimize his personal carbon footprint. We're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we'll get some more tips on how you can do the same. Back in a sec.
back. This is Everyday Enviro, a show about the small things you can do to reduce your personal carbon footprint. I'm Danielle Vogel, founder of Glens Garden Market, and I'm joined today by my amazing cousin, Justin Rosengarten, and we have a guest on the phone. It is Justin's father, my uncle, Rick Rosengarten. Welcome to Everyday Enviro, Uncle Rick. Hey, Danielle, how are you? How are you, Justin? <laughs> so good to hear hey, you, Dad. <laughs> so I'm on the radio. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. Well, it's good for me to uh, join my most amazing uh, niece and son. Yay! It's We're a family amazing affair. Life. Um, so, Uncle Rick, today's show is all about how we incorporate change into our personal habits. So, as you know, the show Everyday Enviro is all about little tiny behavioral modifications that can reduce your carbon footprint, but the problem is changing habits is really hard. So, for the last 15 or 20 minutes, Justin, Justin's been telling us about his process for building new habits in his life when he makes a personal decision, and I was hoping you could share some light on your process for making behavioral changes. It doesn't really I'd matter be, what they're about. We just want to hear about the process. Sure, I'd be happy to, and for me, the one that, that works most for me that's effective, and it, it's, it's across the entire spectrum, is the first step, and the first step is I've found whenever I try and change my personal habits is the most difficult one. And um, this process that I use also goes into uh, the next steps because it's easy to remember and it's easy to keep in front of me, and it's really simple. Um, came to the conclusion once upon a time that I was thinking I was a pretty good guy and a pretty honorable guy, and I'm a man of my word. Mm -hmm. And if I make a um, promise to someone, I pride myself very much on the fact that I keep it. And that continuity in my life is sort of, well, it's a hallmark. It's kind of at my foundation. So one day I was trying to um, change a personal habit. I think, it was, um, I think it was something that I was eating. Oh, I, I know exactly what it was. It was processed sweets. I had just decided that it was no longer a good idea, and I was no longer having a good relationship with them. So I wanted to, um, to, to eliminate them. And um, the kind of epiphany that I had was, um, if I can't make a promise to myself, well, who can I make a promise to? Good point. It's, yeah. it's the most important. So, um, so I sat down with my personal committee of me, myself, and I, <laughs> and we, we had a conversation. And um, I decided to uh, promise them all that I would give up personal sweets for one week. And yes. it was it was extraordinary to me how yeah. quickly that week went and how flawless my behavior was. Yeah. And, and I found that um, after a, a, an, an unusually short period of time, I think it was just a couple of three weeks, the cravings went away, and, and, it, was, and, and it worked. And, and that's, that's, my little, that's my little deal. It's, it's private, it's personal, it's achievable, and, um, and it works. That's really great advice. And they always say it takes about 30 days to build a habit. It sounds like that was true to your experience. It was exactly true to my experience. But the, um, the key for me was, um, you know, figuring out that a, a, a way that I could kind of um, tune into what was really, really, I mean, genuinely important to me in my gut. And that was not to break promises. So, so both, uh, both you and Justin gave advice that I think is super resonant, which is these changes have to sprout from a personal conviction. They can't be because you want to fit into a dress or because some, you read an article about a new fad diet. You've got to come to behavioral change from a place of true personal commitment or it just won't stick. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. It's, and, and you know that place when you find it. Mm -hmm. 
uh, it's it's there are all sorts of places that are, are kind of fool you a little bit, but but when you when you get to the place that resonates, it resonates really loud. It's just a question of paying attention to it when you first come across it. Amen, brother. I love that. Thank Dad. you so much. <laughs> so that, goes, amen, Dad. Good. Yeah, I hope that's helpful. Good to talk to you guys. You too. We'll talk to you yeah. soon. Danielle, love the show, and you can count on that. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Uncle Rick. Bye. Bye-bye. Day well, at a time. That was awesome. Um, and also, we act with honesty and integrity always, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So, Justin, we've talked about your decisions to become a vegan and a bike commuter. Are there any other behavioral changes you've made to reduce your personal carbon footprint? Um. Perhaps coming to work at a company that's specifically <laughs> dedicated to reducing your personal carbon footprint. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm dedicated. I'm just dedicated to consuming less. Like the whole cycle of producing and consuming is really tired to me, and I'm really like, I really want to opt out of that completely. I just don't want to. I don't want to have to need it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of like, you know, my carbon footprint, you know, is greatly diminished through that through that process too. Yeah. Um, you know the. It's, um, and I'm going through a season right now in my life where I, I have this, um, I'm really not attached to much. Mm-hmm. And so like, I don't, I think I've been slowly working up to this moment, but, um, it's arrived and it feels really good um, yeah. to just not feel like I need to, um, I don't need anything. We did a show a couple of weeks ago about single use plastics yeah. and everybody knows reduce, reuse, recycle, but yeah. the first step should be refuse. Huh. You know, if you just, if you don't need to acquire the new thing don't acquire the new thing yeah you know use clothing skipping you know we we as we were walking up here we got some iced teas and we didn't put a lid on the cup because yeah. we don't need that piece of plastic just start with refusal only totally. embrace the things you actually need and that will make your life better and if if you know if reducing your carbon footprint is somehow tied to a personal conviction you know nothing you can do nothing better for yourself and for that process than to evaluate every little decision you mm-hmm. make through that um, through that view truly um, because you're you know every decision you make is essentially like the most up-to-date version of where you're at mm-hmm. and so it's like it's a perfect reflection in real time of how you're doing in that in that path and also because most of our cast-offs will never decompose so there is no. <laughs> a cumulative garbage impact to bad decisions or thoughtless decisions totally i mean we can not keep uh you know walking about this this earth feeling like are the decisions we make doesn't have no impact on other people for sure. Um, so turning back to the process of embracing behavioral change just for a moment, cause that's the theme today. When you're forming a new habit, what have you found are the key hurdles to breaking old patterns and how have you overcome them? Hmm. Um, I think it might just go back to what you said, which is extra kindness to yourself through the change. Yeah. It's just coming like, don't, I mean, you really got to want it. Like I said, you got to want it so badly that you, no matter what happens, no matter how, how much, how much you don't meet your personal goal, like you come back to it with a new idea, a new experiment, a new approach, um, and keep, keep, keep new information coming in, like keep evaluating, keep analyzing why it went wrong. Um, it's not, you know, it's, I don't sit at a desk with a little desk lamp every night, like calculating all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but over time, um, 
if you keep coming back to something, the habits emerge, mm-hmm. you know? You uh, should remain optimistic and logically innovative. Please, please, with a <laughs> smile on your face, everything. All right, Justin, any last tips on how we can ensure that we're living the life we intend for ourselves when it comes to aligning our climate progressive intentions with our daily actions? Can you repeat the question? Sure. If you care about climate change, yeah. how do you live that way? Hmm. Um, be mindful. Yeah, give a shit. Mm-hmm. About, give a shit, here we go. Give a shit about other people because it's not about you. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Any last thoughts? Making change? Advice? Um, no. All right. Well, that was a good one. <laughs> Give a shit is a very strong ending. So thank you so much for being here today, Justin. I learned a ton and I'm feeling empowered to recommit to my climate motivated vegetarianism this time more successfully. Awesome. <laughs> Guys, climate change is real. It's happening right now and human activity is making it worse. Every little bit counts. Keep finding little ways to minimize your personal carbon footprint. It really matters and it's urgently necessary. Thank you so much for being here today, Justin. And thank you for listening to Everyday Enviro on Full Service Radio. If you like the show, please consider subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. And in any event, we'll catch you again, not next week, because I am going to be in Telluride, Colorado, but the week after that on Everyday Enviro. Talk then. Bye, friends. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.